What's up, Lions fans, and welcome to the Blue Blood Podcast. This is your host, Jonathan, alongside your host, Colton. Hey, guys. How's it going? And, well, I think you guys all know what we're going to talk about today. Uh, the Lions 31-24 to loss against the Packers. Um, our playoff hopes are done. Yes, there's technically a chance, but it's pretty much like everyone else losing out, and that's highly unlikely. So, It's actually a little bit more likely than that. Um... I think our playoff chances are zero, and I'm already moved on to the off season. But me too. Um, now the Lions have to win three games, obviously. Mm-hmm. So go eight and eight. The Cardinals have to lose two. They play. I mean, they could lose to the Niners. They, they play, could lose to the Eagles, actually. <laughs> they play. They play Philly, San Fran, and the Rams. Mm-hmm. Then the Vikings have to lose two, and they play... I always forget who... I don't know who they play. They play the Saints next week, bro. Oh, no, 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 no. The Bears have to lose two. And then... And the Bears play the Packers, the Vikings, and... I don't remember who else. It doesn't Maybe. matter. I think they're going to lose both of those games. Um, And then the Vikings have to lose one. So, yeah. I mean, technically no, no, there's no, no, still no. The a Vikings chance. Have, don't the Vikings have to lose two? Well, that no, they will lose too oh, if we win out. Us, yeah. So I have to lose against. I think they'll lose against the Saints. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, I think their playoffs are minimal, but like. No, I'm done, dude. I'm moving on. Until like has they happen. win next week, and then you're like, oh. No. Okay. If the <laughs> Cardinals lose, <laughs> if the Cardinals I, I lose saw the you Eagles, Sunday morning. Yes, I was excited because it's that was. That was a good chance of it happening if we no. were actually to win out. There was a good chance of us making the playoffs if we were to win out like that. Well, I mean, duh. But we all know the Lions' biggest problem has been themselves. I know. But, no, I don't think the Lions will make the playoffs anymore. There's like a 1% chance or something crazy. So, that's fine. We'll move on. All right. So. Let's talk about the game. What are your thoughts? Um... um I'm sure you'll bring yeah, it up a whatever. little bit, but the Lions lost. The better football team won. Um, Packers are really good. Aaron Rodgers is probably on his way to a, another MVP. Um, he's playing really good football. Our defense is awful. And Stafford got hurt. So That pretty much sums up the game. Um I think we did a really good job of limiting Aaron Jones, so that's how I think the Packers can lose. Yeah, so... Because if they play a team with a better defense, I think they lose that game. Yeah. Like nine out of ten times. Yeah. Um. Let's see. They had, according to ESPN, they had, let's see, only 3.9 yard, yards per rush attempt, so... Wow. And then what? Let me see how many yards did he even have. 69 yards. <laughs> They had nice. 120 total, so. On 30 attempts, yeah. Yeah. That's also, w- in what universe do you not double-team Devontae Adams? Um, Matt Patricia era defense still, because that's what it is. But Corey Unlin, like, like probably, what, Devontae's what? Where do you have him at in top receivers? Three? This year, he is. I have him at two right now. I'd only take yeah. Hopkins over him. Um, Interesting. So, 
don't know, I Michael mean, Michael Thomas and Julio. And we didn't we didn't double team Hopkins. No, but I don't know, man. I don't know what like, don't get me wrong, I think Amani's got a bright future in the league. He got bitched in this game though. Well, wow. Like, he was in a good position, but still. Dude, I mean even Darius Slay, like in years past, gets wrecked by Adams. Like also shout yeah. out to Darius Slay. That guy's getting destroyed right now. He's going through the absolute gauntlet of wide receivers right now. How is he doing, or is he really playing that bad? Uh, I have yeah. not been focused <laughs> on the Eagles. They suck way too bad, dude. I mean, two rough weeks in a row with Metcalf and Adams, so. Wow. Yeah. So. But, anyways. I don't know. The way I see it, I think our defense, this sounds kind of dumb, but I think they did okay. Yes, they let up 31 points. They could have let up 38. I yeah. I think they let up more than they should have still. But uh, yeah, sure. I think that our offense should have scored coming out of the half. We can't have a three and out like that. Oh yeah. If After we do, a, I think that completely changes that, it. That sealed I don't know, in my opinion that sealed the game. That did too when we were down twenty eight to fourteen. I was like When we were down okay. twenty eight to fourteen after the or no, when we were down twenty one fourteen. Wait. What was the score going into halftime? It was fourteen fourteen or yeah. Yeah. And then they had the long drive and they scored twenty one to fourteen. I was like, Alright. And then and we then have we, three and out and then they scored again and I was like Yeah. Now it's probably done. So, so it completely changes. There were missed calls. There were I will not deny that there were. And it's so stupid, but at this point, like I'm so numb and just used to it that I expect it when we play this team. You can't tell me that it's not a thing that happened has happened before. Because no. it certainly has, and it did in this game. I'm not saying all of the calls that are being discussed on Twitter were 100% our way, but what I am saying is there was at least one, if not two, calls that drastically changed the game that they called wrong. And at this point, when we play the Packers, I expect us to both beat the NFL officiating crew and the Green Bay Packers, and I think that's stupid. But that's just what has to happen. I don't understand it. I don't get why. But I don't think that's ever going to change. And so whatever. I'm going to respond to that like this. Um, one, I don't know how how Lions fans can root for a team that they think is literally going against the NFL. I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's ever the case. That completely gets rid of the whole idea of an underdog. That gets rid of... An idea of competition and gets rid of everything. I think I there were, I think there were two calls that were missed on the, from the Lions' point of view. Um, the Marvin Jones one, granted. So I'm so I'm gonna go through each each one and explain because I can understand like the reasoning a little bit for both. So one, the Marvin Jones catch. I think that's the one that st- stuck out the most. Um, there's that picture going on round around Twitter where his two feet are down. But he doesn't have complete control of the ball. It's literally like a millisecond before he catches it. You know which picture I'm talking about? Yeah. Like his like if you look at his left hand, his left hand's still wide open. And to me that doesn't signal a, a catch or that he has possession yet. Um, so I think that one just sticks on the field either way. If it's called a catch on the field, it stays a catch. And if it's called incomplete like it was, it stays incomplete. So I get that one. It sucks. And I sure. think it usually does get called complete more than it does incomplete. 
the NFL. What, what, what I'm saying is that it's close enough to where they call it incomplete. And there was it was so close to where you have to stick with the call on the field because there's no evidence to the uh, contrary. Does that make sense? I'm saying, and w- it, correct, there is no evidence to the contrary. But what I'm saying is that the NFL official on that sideline did not think he caught the ball because he wasn't looking at his feet at the time that he set those two down. He was looking at his feet after he moved the second one. But that I mean, we so he's like, even... okay, easily incomplete. But if he would have paid attention the entire time and it gave it an incomplete pass then they probably would not have enough evidence to retur- overturn it either. That's 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 what I'm saying. It's one of those yeah. 50-50 calls where it's going to stay with the call on the field because there's no because just because of the way the way the play went out, there was no pic- clear picture of Marvin Jones with both of his hands on the ball with both feet in bounds. And once again, I'm I've been going at it with people on Twitter for like 18 hours now. Not 18, but you get my and point. It, yeah, and it is 50, 24 now. Um, but it is 50-50. And what I'm saying is the NFL favors offense. They like points. That's how their game is run. That's how the game has been run for the last decade. So they favor the offense. That's what they do. But when they're not expecting us to do anything like that and the ref is not doing his job, then he's going to make the wrong call, and then they're going to stick with it because they don't have enough evidence to overturn it. That's what I'm saying is it was called correctly. I don't think it was. And Lions fans are just biased. All fans are biased, but um, C- correct. But to look at, you have to put yourself in a. In a if you look, if you're to judge an official's call, you can't be biased towards the Lions. And I think, I've I've mentioned that a ton of times before. My best buddy, he's a Packers fan, and we talked about it. It's like, yeah, that's just like a call that stays the way it is on the field. It's. It is what it is. Like, the ref okay. called incomplete. We all thought it was incomplete until we looked at the replay. And still in the replay, I still think his left foot was up when he had both hands on the ball. I thought he caught it, but it's close. So. Okay, explain to me the onside kick. So, I freaked out real qu- I'm, got it. I was I'm, I'm not, real quick, not the onside kick, real quick. The only one so, I'm going to say that was ridiculous is the Hail Mary with. Like, right before the halftime. Stopping the Cephas? Yeah, with Adrian Amos just kind of stopping in front of Cephas. bro. Oh, my gosh. I don't... Like, maybe they deemed the ball uncatchable, which it certainly wasn't. But he literally held both of his hands back, pushed into him, and, like, flailed. I'm like... Yeah, he, like, boxed him out like we're playing basketball. So... What the fuck is that? Yeah, that's ridiculous. I completely agree with that one. That one's dumb. They should have called that. And that completely changes the game. That goes from 14 to 14 at halftime to 21 to 14. Okay, the Packers score on the first drive, and we have a three out again. They score. Yeah, yeah. They're only up one touchdown. That flips the game insanely. I I get that. Um, So. And that's a 100% call. One one other call I want to get to, and then we'll hop to the onside kick. Um, The holding penalty on that Packers first drive. Um, that was Fox's error, not an NFL error. Um, Jeremy Reisman tweeted out a video where you can see Amani holding MVS on the 35. Very yeah, clear holding. So I don't know about very clear, but it's... It's pretty it's, it's, obvious he's got both hands on his hips trailing him. So, And not to mention, okay, I think right after that, the Packers got a, a false start. Um, yeah. 
And I looked at, I didn't like this officiating crew at all, not because I felt like they were biased towards Packers, but because I felt like they didn't let the players play as much on defense, in my opinion. There was a lot of holding and um, pass interferences in this game, like a lot. Yeah, it did seem like they were real kind of touchy. But, I mean, I Which, feel like they were pretty consistent throughout, and that's really all I'm asking for. They were consistent in that. And I felt like they went both ways. Yeah, it, yeah, it was all, I, I, yeah, it was both ways. I just I'd rather them let them play to tone it down opinion. a little bit. Yeah, I don't like when officials are like that. Like the defense can only do so much. If they grab for literally one second and let go, and it doesn't affect them that much, then leave it. I forget what play it was. Who got called? It was us. It wasn't Amani. It wasn't the holding. There was another one. We had pass interference. Oh, we were talking about the one that was called on Trufant. When they said True pass font. interference number twenty three. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was so, that one. Who yeah, was it so on? that was, was on Tracy on Walker. Roberts. Oh, okay. Um, I think it was that one. I and didn't see the play, but I mean, I'm, I can't remember if it. I think it was that one, but it was just to where, like, he didn't do anything. He didn't push the guy. He impeded his path, but that's allowed. Like, so yeah, I think that on that, I th- think that was the. Pass interference, we're talking about the same thing, but the camera angle showed the wrong one since the ref called out the wrong number. Does that make sense? So they called it on 23, and then they're showing Amani, and it's like, there's nothing going on there. What the hell? Yeah. Okay. If that's Um, true, then... One big thing I want to get to, and then we'll jump to the onside kick, is obviously the lines aren't going anywhere this season, but I just hope, like, in all that is good and holy... Like that, a Lions defense can learn to get off the field when it's more when it's third and ten plus. Like that, this play sealed the oh, game for me when fuck, when I realized the Lions weren't gonna win. Is that third and fourteen? That same first opening drive, and it's like okay, easy stop. Like I'm okay even rushing forward. Don't get don't get any pressure. Like just contain Rodgers. Make sure he doesn't like make any wacky plays. And just cover. But they did the first part, I guess, but. They let a guy get wide open down the middle of the field, like 20 yards downfield. I don't remember if it was MVS or I think it was. I think it was MVS. Oh, it was. I don't know. Anyway. But, yeah, literally it was just a curl route in the middle of the field, like 16 yards. And he literally sat at the line, which is how receivers are taught and defenders know that. And he was literally wide open. He found a hole. Why the fuck we were running zone in that instance? I don't know. I'm, I'm okay with sitting a couple guys under it. But any yeah. guys that are over the first down line, they need to be running man-to-man, period. That's so stupid. There were two guys yeah. in the area, and he still caught the ball. That it pisses was Tavai and maybe Tracy Walker. I don't remember who the second guy I was. don't want to see Tavai on the field again. That is dude, the Lions disgusting. play zone defense like they're in freaking Madden, dude. Oh, but, yeah, I know. Did you see? I forget what play it was. I think it was Ragland, I want to say. But, like, and I remember the play. Like, None of our defense did good. Our defense did not have a good game. Like Correct. I'm not saying they had a good game. I'm saying they've had worse games, which is horrible to think about, but it's true. Um, Ragland was literally sitting in zone, staring at the quarterback, and there was a receiver. I want to say it was a second down, and he just ran and got the first or something like that. But it was like a, it was something that like actually impacted the game, and he was just staring at the quarterback, and he's probably about eight yards. The receiver was two yards away from him, to the right of him. He didn't even realize he was there until yeah. the ball was already being thrown. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Like, look around your surroundings. Yeah. Be aware of who's around you. You see a guy there, 
cover him. That's the whole point of a zone. Your zone is yeah. not two yards. Your zone is ten. Your zone is not like, hey, cover this part of the field. Zone is transferring man coverage. Exactly. And I don't... This guy, the receiver runs across. Yeah. He goes from being covered by this guy to being covered by this guy. Mm-hmm. It's not you're covering a space. You're covering whoever enters that space. There's a difference. Yeah. And they yeah. don't understand that, and it pisses me off. Yeah, so that's one thing I really hope the Lions work on in the future with this with that with this new regime is a new linebacker core because I don't know it's been a long time since we've had good linebackers in Detroit. I miss DeAndre Libby. Um. Okay, <laughs> onside kick. Um. So hold on, th- before that, hold on, before that, I want to talk about our offense. Okay. Oh, I'm down. Yeah. I thought I I didn't want to jinx us. But literally, like, at halftime, I was about to, like, tweet. I'm like, I love this offense. Like, I love Daryl Bevel, and I love this offense. This is amazing. I think he got a little too creative sometimes, which I have, I don't even think would ever come out of my and mouth. what? Like, give me an example. Like, what do you mean? Uh, he called another screenplay on, like, second and ten when they snuffed it out. I think that easily. was that third, that three and out in the third quarter, right? Yeah, I think it might have yeah. been. Because I get it, because literally he did it perfectly, oh, and it was so stupid, like, people didn't understand it, but I think it was, I think it was our second drive. It was when we scored, yeah, to get to 14. No, yeah, yeah, I think that's what it was. And I think we called three screens oh, three in a screens row, <laughs> because they would not stop rushing us, and our, our, our offensive line did not play good this game, in my opinion, at all. all right, I, I, I take that back. I, I, think, they played I okay. think they played, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But they did not play to what they've been playing all season. Yeah. And they literally kept getting to Stafford over and over again. So we called three screens in a row. I think it was two running back screens and a tight end or a wide receiver. But yeah. 15, 25, 25. Like, yeah, bang, it bang, worked. Bang. And they finally started letting up on the pressure. I'm like, that's perfect. That's fine. Literally, I don't care. I don't care how many times you run it as long as it works. Yeah. As dumb as it sounds. But, like, he knows, okay, they rush the passer. We throw a screen. They stay off. We run the ball. Like, he knows how to beat NFL defenses, and he's very good at it. Yeah. I think in the second half, I think that that three and out, like I said, I feel like we got a little too cute, and that's why that's what happened. Yeah. Like, we got too creative instead of just sticking to what we're good at. Um, we're really good with those levels concepts, actually, which yeah. if you guys don't know what level concepts is, we have a low man in the flat. We have another guy coming across field and then someone over the top. There's usually one of them that gets open, which I thought Danny Mandola had a pretty decent game, in my opinion. Yeah, he, had, um, he led the team in receiving yards and catches. Did he? Yeah. He did. People don't realize how big of a factor, and it always will be, and always has been in Stafford's career, but people don't realize how big of a factor a third down guy is for Stafford. In yeah. the early days, it used to be Pettigrew, and then it was Golden. Actually, yeah, and then it was Golden. And then it's Theo been Hawk and, Yeah, Theoretic was also. And then so. Danny Mandola and Hawk, like... He needs a third down guy, and we've always had one, luckily. But it's a it's crucial. So when Danny Mandola's out, people don't think it's that big of a deal, but it really is. Um, yeah. I thought that we ran the ball. How many and times did we even run the ball? Like twelve. Really? Yeah. Wow. Which I'm not disappointed with at all. Like no. And I think that's the exact opposite of Patricia. Is Patricia's like hammers? All right, we gotta control the clock with the run game, and it's like run, run, pass. And I think that's what ended up with why our offense was always put in those situations early in the season. But, yeah, we only rushed it 15 times the whole game. 
for and, 51 yards. We didn't do very good with it. I did like the Jamal Agnew end around. That was I loved that. Yeah, um, I'm just not. Swift had a decent game. Seven seven carries for 24 yards. I know, and like you tweeted it, I think within the first couple of minutes that he wasn't going to have a full load, and he didn't. Yeah, I think that was pretty obvious going forward with Peterson coming out. Well, he was there the first drive and the first half of the second one, I think. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. And Dude, then... something hilarious to watch. I, I almost tweeted this out, but I didn't. Actually, maybe I did. Is watch the... Watch the... <laughs> watch fans' reactions on Twitter. Like, it's first down. AP runs for four yards. And then watch, like, the reaction when Swift gets four yards. It's so funny. Oh, I know. It's pretty funny. Like, some people are like, just cuts AP at this point. I'm like, you guys don't yeah. understand, like, how different it is now with Adrian Peterson than it was three weeks ago. Not yeah. even two and a half weeks ago. And, like, it really is a difference. Like, when he runs, it's set up a design for him. And it and it works. Like, I mean, I'm not saying it's great, but I'm like, no, oh, that's fine. It gets like, three I yards. Have no, and... I have no argument with that. Three, yeah. four, five yards. Like, okay, I will shut up. I do not care. It yeah. pisses me off when we run a full box with no full – or a full box when we say we run tight, so two tight ends, and then the wide receivers come down block, and we don't have a fullback and we give it to him. That pisses me off. But he's been creative in how to in in the run game yeah. too, like in the second half. Honestly, I want to look at how many drives we even had. Hold on, three. Yeah, I was gonna say because I did. I felt like we didn't have a lot. So in the first half, we had. I got it right here. Touchdown right away. Long drive. Yep. Great job. They scored seven to seven. We punted. We had three and out on that one. We had incomplete. That was the deep to Marvin Jones. Stafford has to hit that. That was a bad throw by him. It, it was. Yeah, There's no way around that. I don't know. Stafford doesn't miss those very often, so I'm not no. too worried about it. Um, And, like, I don't know if you heard it at the top of the broadcast, but they asked about his thumb, and they're like, are you good? He's like, I'm good, good enough. enough. I'm like, yeah. yeah, so I do think that is affecting a little bit. Uh, I think a it was more bit. just, I don't know. They showed one angle where Stafford was moving to his left and then noticed Marvin was open. Because the pressure kind of came from the right side of the offensive line, I think. Yeah, and that was before he ran the screens and stuff. So too. So, but yeah, he just floated that one. He, I think they showed him cussing on that one too. Um, oh yeah, he was pissed. Yeah, um, Peterson ran for three yards, and then he tried taking a shot to Hawk. I don't remember. No, he did complete to Hawk. He just didn't get the first down. I remember that one. Um, punted seven to seven. I started getting a little nervous, and the Packers scored. Then I was pretty dang nervous. And then we punted again. Oh, yeah, that's when we had... Oh, yeah, and then Stafford got sacked. That pissed me off for 10 yards. Our, that was... Oh, that was the Darnell Savage one, right? Yeah, that's what it was. That one pissed me off. Okay, as an offensive lineman, since I played football for a long time, they are taught to go inside out. You pick up the first threat. You pick up who's inside. The guard was Abushi, was it not? I, th- yeah. If it came from the right side, yeah. Yeah. You see, who's alert? Granite Stafford should have called him out, but I know he probably didn't see him. You look before you step because he was helping the tackle. He was there for help. That's it. He was a chip. Before you step, you look forward to see if anyone's in front of you. He did not look. He went straight to the defensive end. He did not look at all, and he had a free shot. It pissed me off. If he picks him up, we're fine. I'm not saying he still might get through with how much momentum he has. He's a faster guy, blah, blah, blah. But 
he at least slows it down enough for Stafford to get the ball away and try and get a completion. That pissed me off. That was a horrible play by him. I did not think Ibushi played good. Yeah, um, Matt Nelson struggled as well. So he did. I want Crosby back. And I don't. We need Crosby back. And I think that's kind of to be expected. I mean, these guys aren't signed or being paid like starters on Good an offensive players. line. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. They're b- so, both backups. Or I guess Ibushi's kind of somewhat permanent, but, you know, at least on the yeah, lines right we now. we need so. another guard. We need Jeff another guard. So 7-7, we punt. They scored 14-7. We had to punt again. Then we actually forced them to punt. That was a really good drive bar defense. Well, that was that the Daryl Roberts pass breakup, right? On Devontae, on the sideline. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That was great. We got the ball back. We drove down the field. That's when we had all the screens. I want to see how many screens. Actually, I don't think I'll show it. The Adrian Peterson screen for 23 yards. The Carrion Johnson screen for 10 yards. And then I want to say Hawk had one too. Oh, yeah. And then it was called back. And then we had the first and 20, but then we had the defensive holding, which I still think if we would have accepted that, which that was the correct call for Bevel, by the way. I am glad he took that. But also, if we were in second seven, it's not that big of a deal either. I think um, he just accepted that, just to have another 40 seconds to kill so Rodgers doesn't get the ball. That's correct. Yeah. So, 14-14, we stopped the Packers again. This Honestly, that, this, that was our best stretch for our defense. And then the dumb no call. So, half. I wish we would have been able to get at least a field goal. I wasn't expecting a touchdown. They had the long drive. And yes, we only got the ball three times in the second half. So For three drives? Had, yeah, we had the three and out, and then they scored again. It was 28-14. Then we went down the field, scored. Stafford got injured. That was carry-on's run. So it was 28-21. I was like, all right, game's not over yet. Five minutes, 30 seconds left. And then the Packers scored the field goal. That was a big – that was like, all right, this, yeah. is, this, is, this is done, 31-21. And then Stafford didn't go back in. We got a field well, goal. And Even Agnew we had that, that long uh, kickoff return. Bro, I'm going to be honest. In my head, I haven't seen Chase Daniel like play at all pretty much with this. I know he played a little bit. But I was like, just save the time to kick the field goal on first down. <laughs> I don't like, know I why know. teams are so hesitant to do that, dude. That's so... Did you do? Were you do you think about that, too? Oh, like, yeah. I thought, uh, people, people dude, I'm, I'm, I'm a stats stupid, major. That gives you the best odds to win. Literally what I was thinking, I was like, okay, we're going to be down seven. If we would have kicked the field goal, we would have had over three minutes on the clock with two timeouts Granted. and a two-minute warning. So even if they would have gotten a couple first downs, and even if we would have tried the onside kick again, even if they would have gotten a couple first downs, like, we're still okay. I mean, granted, I think if Stafford's in on that drive, we do score a touchdown, we're down three points, and we can hold them to a field goal, I think we would have had a shot, way more of a yeah. shot than... I, I still think we kicked the onside with Stafford because of how bad our defense was playing. But I think if we score a touchdown on that drive, it completely changes the narrative. But only getting the ball three times, those at three and out is a big deal in the second half. Yeah. And Stafford getting injured, of course, pretty much sealed it. But So let's jump to the onside kick real quick. Yeah. I do think our offense had a good game, though. I think they had a solid game. I do, too. So Keep Daryl Bevel as our OC. I will campaign for that until I die. So, onside kick. Really good, like, setup. Kind of like, what the hell's going on? You got Prater. That was amazing. You got Prater. Dude, that was the most pumped I've ever seen Coombs. Like, he's, like, setting it up, all this crap, talking to a bunch of people. 
Like he's I, like, I, all right, let's go. What the hell? I was so weirded out by what the hell they were doing. So, onside kick goes. Um, what was it originally called on the field? Called, it went like nine point seven five yards, I think, something like. It was yeah, super so like close. Touching or something. So basically, what happened? They show you couldn't. So hold up, real quick. So, I don't know if it's still up, but on Instagram, Joyke Bell was watching the game. And he commented on the Lions coaching discipline. And I guess there's like a yellow dash line on the sidelines. I've never noticed that before. There's like a five-yard gap where only the head coach is supposed to be. Yep, they had that. And all the other players are supposed to be behind that. But obviously it's a big play. And so, like, every player wants to come up and see if we're going to get the ball back and have a chance to score. And so, first off, there's not a good line for an official to say anything anyway. So that's something the Lions got to work on is... Basic discipline. I thought that was super interesting. I saw that last night. Yeah, but the other thing, I get it, but... The other thing, I'm not sure if the ball went out of bounds, first off. That's what was called on the field. But the thing that I think happened, and that's most evident to me... Ugh, there's a screenshot I've been shown so many times when I bring this up, and it's annoying as hell. But... So, Killebrew touches the ball. Mm-hmm. His left foot's lifted up. His right foot's in bounds, right? Mm-hmm. I've been sent the screenshot a billion times. His right foot, there's like a strip of grass, and they're like, what the hell, we should have it. And it's like, no. His left foot went out right before that, and you can't go out of bounds and then grab the ball. That's why I the penalty happened. I have not rewatched it, and that's correct if that's true. I have not His, rewatched they it show, yet. Yeah, so I don't. you were watching on the Lions app, I think, right? Or something? Correct. So they showed it in like 40 different angles, and none of them could really tell, and it was kind of pissing me off. So, so I was it the up. broadcast that was shown, or no? Yeah, it was the Fox broadcast. So, did you see the B- the Dean Blandino commentary on that? Yes, but I can't remember what he said. Oh. So, there was a view they showed it. from, like... So, that happened, what, like, midfield, right, on the left? I'm looking mm-hmm. at it from the Lions' side. Happened midfield yep. on the left, and there was yep. a view from, like, the f- front pylon of the end zone. So, like, opposite side of the field, like, kind of high up, like, from that direction. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And you could see Killebrew's toe was out. And so, I don't know if you remember this, but the Packers, one year, we were in Lambeau. And we had scored a touchdown, and Sam Martin kicked. And Jordy Nelson put one foot out of bounds and then touched the ball. Yeah, I know that's... So it's the exact same thing. It's technically out of bounds. Yeah, yeah. It's the exact same thing, except for Killebrew's toe was out. out of bounds before reestablishing, that's fine. Or if he's out of bounds, then it's like... So that's what happened, is Killebrew's toe was out. close. I didn't... I didn't watch it, and I mean, it doesn't matter. Like, whatever call they call on the field, we can't change it. So, I just I'm, shut up. I'm just... And, I, and to be quite honest with you, even if we would have gotten it, I don't know if we would have been able to score yeah. a touchdown with Chase Daniel. So, that's why I was not so too worried. Yeah, um, that's what happened there. I'm not... The ball might have been out anyways, but Killebrew's toe was out when he touched the ball. Because, correct so, me if I'm wrong, though, it's not a catch, correct? So, he does not need two feet in bounds. He just needs no. to establish himself in bounds. Correct, but you can't have a foot out out of bounds or else you technically become out of bounds. Yeah, but unless your foot's touching out of bounds, but if it's, like, hovering, no, it, it's fine. Correct. Yeah. So, so, so that's just, where the problem came from was Killebrew was literally, it's literally inches away from being a perfect onside kick. Shout out to Jack Fox. Shout Braden out to Brady Coombs. Oh my gosh, that was the best onside kick I think I've ever seen. I mean, except for Pat McAfee's recover myself. I mean, that's the best um, one you'll see without, like, with this new rule where guys yeah. can't run. Also, no run. This bug's I think it's stupid. The, I hate that. This bug's um, the, the living shit out of me. 
why don't like players on the receiving ends of onside kick, meaning the Packers in this case, not go for the ball? Oh yeah, that was so stupid by them. I like, cannot believe they didn't do that. You, like for people like, that do not understand that. They are allowed to touch the ball. They're allowed to touch the ball. They don't have to wait. Ten yards. They do not have to wait at all. They and could have a, landed on it at seven yards because it was slow at like six, seven, oh yeah. and eight. I was like, oh no! And they're no. just like letting and it then roll it back up, and I was like, oh thank God! <laughs> and so they just let it roll. And so and I, I get like, like the whole. God, you guys are stupid. <laughs> I get the whole like, oh, but it's it's a football. It bounces weird, and it's like, go grab the ball. The game's over. Like, Seriously, did they, they're did they called the receiving the... unit. Literally, that's what they call. They're called the recovery unit. That's literally your job. You have hands. Grab the ball. Do they? So, did they not was, watch the the, the Cowboys Falcons game in like week three, where the Falcons it, it just watched it and the Cowboys are like, "I'll take it." Like, it's so stupid. I don't know. But are credit they... to Braden Coombs. I don't know what the hell that was, but it worked. Almost, that was. I don't it, know what almost... kind of kick that was. I don't know what the. This is just weird, and it worked. I loved it. It did work. Like, whether he was in or not, the play worked. Like, if he was two it's like, inches, three yeah. inches back, That's, and it wasn't a defender grabbing the ball, if it was a wide receiver, we most likely would have gotten it. Yeah, it was really close. Was all so. game, but that was, that was a greatly executed play. I pray that Braden Coombs also stays as a special teams coordinator. Um... I, I just I don't know what to say. We, that was they gave us a hell of a shot, and I was very impressed. Yeah. Um, Let's jump over to a little bit more pressing matters. Mm. So Stafford this got crunched again. I've rewatched that play like Ugh. a dozen times, and I'm trying to figure out what I think he did. And if he's grabbing his right side, I know he landed on it, but I'm wondering if he also stretched slash pulled it. Because his x-rays on his ribs came back negative. Negative, yeah. And I have um, broken a rib and bruised all of them on my back before, actually playing quarterback, so I know exactly how it feels. And you, you cannot, you can't play with a broken rib. Like, it's almost impossible. You can't do anything with actual broken ribs. So he didn't break them, which is... I, I, don't, I don't understand how. And for... People thinking, okay, he didn't break his ribs, why didn't go back to the game? He is the toughest football player I have ever seen. Yeah. And I'm... if he, I know for a fact he bruised them. So you bruise your ribs, you can't move the rest of the day, let alone play a football game. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, we. I think we've all, I think it's fair to say we've all seen Stafford take nasty hits, but he always kind of hops right back up, maybe a little hesitant, but nothing like I saw yesterday where he's, even gingerly, like, handing off the ball to carry on for the touchdown. But, I mean, that view, they showed a view of him, like, right before that, where he gets up, and he's kind of just like, ugh. And, like, staring at the ground, like, just holding it, and it's like, you know that guy's in pain. A rib injury is one of the worst injuries to get. It's it's one of the worst sharp pain injuries, because every single little movement you make, like, breathing... Or laughing, it hurts so bad. So, I yep. highly doubt he will be ready to play on Sunday, even with bruised ribs. That is, I, I, it's, I know it's hard to keep him out of a game. I know. No, so I'm I, agreeing with you. I'm actually taking it a step further. You don't think he plays the rest of the season? I wouldn't be shocked if he didn't. I think he does. I truly do. I, I think, 
This is an injury that does take time to heal, but with doing nothing, I think he will be able to heal. So I think he can play 17, Ugh. maybe 16, but I highly doubt he plays this, this week, which we're going against the Titans. The Titans have not had as... I'm sorry, I'm moving on a little bit. The Titans have not has have as good a defense as they did last year. They are susceptible to scoring, but we're, I don't believe that we will win a game with Chase Daniels our quarterback. Yeah, I mean, and the, then the whole, oh, so why'd you sign him? Well, because second off, y'all kind of bitched about it, like, all off season that we need a back like, quarterback. Li- literally, and there's nothing, like, the way I see it is I'm not saying he's absolute crap. He's not. I'm just saying he can't win a football game. We yeah. don't have – he can we don't win have a football the, we don't game have if we have a great running game in a top-10 defense. Then my tune would be completely different. But yeah. we have neither of those. And – on top of and that, we're not going against an awful defense. Like maybe we're not, we're not going against a bad team. We're yeah. not. So if we were playing uh, an average team, and we had one or both of those, it's different. But the thing is, is they brought him in not to win football games, but they brought him in to keep our lead in a game. Mind you, if, I don't know what the yeah. hell that is. I'm just kidding. But um, if yeah, if we're up by ten points and Stafford gets injured midway through the third quarter. He can get us a field goal, maybe one touchdown drive. We're more than likely going to win the game. He brought him. They brought him in to help us finish games, yeah. not to start games. That's what the definite. That's the difference between a backup quarterback and a starter. So, no, this is not what he's here to do. And yes, the game this Sunday will suck if he does not play. So and he is more than likely out, in my opinion. And I think, yeah, you agree. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. So that's something we're going to keep an eye on. I have more to talk about next time, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said I would talk about James and head coaches, but this is getting a little long. I know we were going to get passionate in this one. I Okay. Like we said, shout-out to Braden Coombs. Shout-out to Daryl Bevel. I want them to stay as their coordinators. I do not want another offense coordinator. I want Stafford to stay. We will talk about this later, but I want Stafford to stay. But yes, I think this is up to him. I truly believe that. I don't think it's up to the team. Like, yes, the team can do, but they're in debt to him. They always will be. And Braden Coombs, he'll be head coach for the next five years, if not three. The dude's insane. Our special teams is elite. And what I wanted to say, though, is that this is the first game since Caldwell. I'm not saying he was the answer by any means. But I'm just saying that this was the first game since Caldwell that I was actually on the edge of my seat and, like, engaged for the entire 60 minutes and excited. For the most part of this game, we went toe-to-toe with the number one seed in the NFC and one of the best teams in the NFL. And we did that with a whole bunch of guys on IR. I'll kill you. (laughs) (laughs) We did that with a whole bunch of guys on injured reserve, a bad defensive scheme, and guys out on both sides of the ball with a young coordinator with with two first-year coordinators and an offense that had been ridiculed, yelled at. Bevel had taken all of the heat until Matt Patricia finally left, and we played our asses off. I'm proud of this team. I'm proud of, even though we lost the game, I was proud to call myself a Lions fan after this one. I, was ha- I wasn't happy that we lost, but I was happy to see how hard they fought. I was happy to see that they did not stop. 
I'm just, I don't know. Our future is bright. I really believe that. I have a lot of hope. I think you do too as well. And I'm just ready to get back to, I'm just ready to get to winning because I think we can do it. Do I know how? No. I mean, I know how. We've, we all know how, but do I think they're going to do it right? That remains to be seen. So that's yeah. all I want to say on that. So I'm a little bit different. I think uh, whoever, I think the only way Bevel stays if he's, is if he's the head coach. Um, I think he's going to have, think so? yeah, I think he's going to have some serious head coach some consideration this offseason. I agree. Uh, given the jump the Lions offense made, and I think he'll have serious consideration here, which is definitely deserved. I think he'll have serious consideration on other teams too. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. Yeah. So, um, I think that I don't know. Like, I am like we t- we'll talk about this more next episode. We might even have an, just a bonus episode talking about GM and head coaches. But um, if we get Saul as head coach, sweet. We're going to have a good defense. And I know he'd want to bring in his own guys, but I could see him being partial to keeping Bevel still. Mm, I could. I don't see that unless... Yeah, I don't I don't see that. I th- He's got, what, two guys linked to him? Matt LaFour's butter, brother's name is Mike? Matt yep, Lef- there you go. Mike LaFour, um, who's the... Wide off- receiver coach. Wide receiver coach in San Fran. And then the run game coordinator, what's that guy's name in San Fran? Oh, my goodness. My, Dude, isn't it Mike as well, Mike O'Donnell like or something like that? Yeah, yeah. But so. I don't know. I, I, I think we both agree that we'd love for him to stay. Yeah, I mean, he's – if I have a new guy and I com- I'm not holding it against him like, oh, why would you get rid of Bevel? Like, no, you bring in your I'm own guys. I'm not holding it against I'm, him. Like, I'm not – yeah. Like, you bring in your guys, but if you brought Bevel back, I'd be more than happy for it. I'm not going to be like, what the fuck, but I'm still going to be like, I really hope we don't regret this, and that really sucks. That's how I guess I'll be. Yeah. But, okay. All right, you got anything else before we go and wrap this episode up? Nope. All right. Thank you guys very much for joining us on episode 24 of the Blue Blood Podcast, Lions versus Packers Thoughts. Let's see what we got in the next three weeks, and I'm praying Stafford's okay. So... Peace out, y'all. Peace out, go Lions.